Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Now, we're not worked up. We're happy. I hope you're happy. Hope you're doing well. It's a nice sunny day here in California. James Marsden is going to be on in a little bit. James Marsden and I uh, chatted. Um, well, I'll tell you about that chat. It was fun. It was mostly all about cars. He's also a movie star, and he's also a Porsche guy. Um, I'm pretty sure Zuckerman... And by the way, when I was when I was joking about Zuckerman getting uh, COVID just in the butt, I was joking. <laughs> he didn't get COVID. He's fine. An overwhelming amount of support from all of you, but he's fine. It was a joke. Much concern for Zuckerman's <laughs> butt. But COVID. I'm, I'll tell you something, though, Zuckerman. I'm pretty sure I had the beginnings of scurvy. Rickets or scurvy, Swiggins? Scurvy. A pirate well, swig- disease. Well, Swiggins... <laughs> And it was had scurvy guy. since 1700. Okay, listen to this. You'll love this. Like, for the last couple of months, right? And I can trace this back to when I stopped juicing. <laughs> but it could even go back before, right? I My forearms, the skin on my forearms started bleeding out, like, under the skin, all right? Like this. And I thought... Bleeding out. Let me tell you, it looked like... Here's what I thought, because I'm running around with the kids all night in the backyard, that I was hitting tree branches and getting large scratches. And then one uh, Sunday it happened, and I realized I haven't been running around doing anything. I had these large, red, veiny kind of blood blisters oh, coming through. Oh, you know what through. that is? It's a hemorrhagic fever, like, like <laughs> Ebola it's or the antivirus. Okay? Now listen, and I, I said to Eric, I go, look. You know, I'm not going to the doctor for my physical, but now I'm worried I've got some because this is now I'm noticing a thing happening just above where I have to, when I'm shooting pictures of watches on Instagram, I'm having to shoot around it and it would go one would go away a few days later and another one would open up. I'm like, this is bad. But typical dude, <laughs> typical dude, right? You're decomposing. I'm decomposing. And a typical guy is like, well, whatever. It'll be fun tomorrow. <laughs> It'll be fun. And then more would happen. And then, you know, I'd forget about it, whatever. Then I'm, I'm, I'm reading uh, the news in the morning. And uh, this guy, I still don't know who this is, James Blunt. I think he's yes. a singer in England. He's, he's no, said, he's a comedian. No. He's oh, not. Is he a singer? He's a, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's a British singer or an actor or something. Anyway, there's a story about him getting scurvy because he changed his diet. <laughs> he goes, James Blunt gave himself scurvy. And I think for all the wrong reasons. He was eating a meat diet to try to be more mask. I, I don't even know the guy. I don't know what he's about. But I keyed in on scurvy. And I realized I was kind of unwittingly eating the same a lot of proteins a lot of grains and whole grains but no fruits okay. no juice no whatsoever so zuckerman i know you're shaking your head Chris right scurvy, the pirates got scurvy because they ate hard tack and drank rum but what they was remember what the pirates had to eat hard tack and rum no but remember what made them feel better and, and oranges dummy oranges limes they were limes and specifically so I read that. I'm like, you know what? There, you know, and I'm looking at the symptoms. The beginning symptoms are this, like, blood vessels cracking on your skin. Three weeks ago, I started taking a vitamin C supplement, and I'm not a supplement guy. I don't 
But I, I was like, let me try this. I realized I'm not having any vitamin C's, probably not having any vegetables. Everything went away instantly. I have not had look at look at my arms. I'm looking into I'm well, to our out. three listeners. To the three <laughs> listeners of Spikes Car Radio, I want to apologize to you. My my partner and host, Spike Ferriston's having a nervous breakdown. I'm I think not. It, I think it has to do with Kim Jong un really being dead. But I, I did, think that you've lost your marbles. He is no, but I correctly call that one that when they marched him out in front of the cameras <laughs> that was the impersonator that wasn't him everybody knows what we're talking about because yeah. what several months ago they said he was in a coma and then miraculously no, no, they said he was dead they said he died and then then of course they bought some other chubby guy and out. then they said no he's fine and then this other guy came out who looked identical to his impersonator <laughs> who they put out there in dangerous the situations and i'm not a conspiracy theorist as you know and i looked at it but i didn't really Say anything other than to my family. I said, look, look at this picture. They go, he's fine. You were wrong, Dad. I go, that's the impersonator. Watch. And you'll know if the sister suddenly emerges. Yesterday, the sister emerged as the new shadow. She looks very mean, by the way. But, you know, isn't that there was a movie called Dave, I'm pretty sure. uh, And we couldn't figure out. I remember who the actor was. But Dave was an actor who was hired to play the president because he looked exactly like the president. Then the president died and Dave took over. Right. Right. The same thing just happened in North Korea. I bet they made that North Korean guy president. And they were like, all right, this is an untenable situation. And then they skinned him alive. You know. Yeah, he's dead. They dissolved him in acid. They probably shot him with the anti-aircraft gun. And then they dissolved whatever was left. Yeah, you would feed left. him to the dogs. I think he would dissolve him because he knows the whole story. Why do you think that? The, why do you think the real guy died? Huh? The real guy. What COVID nineteen. Now nah, I don't agree with you. Yeah, it's I, be. I said to you, he died on the penis table. You know about the penis table? <laughs> That's the operating table. Remember that billionaire guy? He went under, and this he is was another. Gonna... You think I have harebrained theories? Okay, so when you're a billionaire, you decide the last thing you work on is your penis. That's right. Because remember that billionaire guy died. It was the second, third, fourth time that he had his penis operated on. Every conspiracy theory has one small element of truth. There was one billionaire who was trying to lengthen his penis and died. Wasn't it in another country? In France, I think. Yeah, he was in France. This guy, okay, Kim Jong Un probably went to France. He got on the penis table. They started dicing him up. And then he expired. He, he expired from his penis enlargement? Yeah, it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> and you think my scurvy theory is outlandish? Well, I figured I might as well bring up my theory as long as we were on scurvy. I don't think I'm so... I don't think I'm wrong about it. Because I started taking vitamin C. And by the way, I started feeling peppier. I started feeling better. I really do think I had... You know, this quarantine puts us all out of our routines. Right. And the only thing I can trace it back to, Zuckerman, is... You know, when I was going to a gym, I would always stop for this green juice that had some vitamin C in it. I would always make sure I had the appropriate amount of vitamins, and I'm not eating the same There's whole swaths of this country that have never had a green juice. People that don't eat anything but what comes out of the Costco freezers. We, I've never. No, but they they drink vitamin C. They, I mean, what do you think? Tang? <clears throat> what are you talking about? No, they don't. Uh, Tampico. Zuckerman, I want you to look at my arm. I've been I've been living <laughs> a long no time. Fifty five years. Fifty five years, and I've never heard a grown man or anyone ever say anything about. I scurvy. understand. And then you on the internet hear something about <clears throat> a guy named James Blunt. You don't even know who he is, and okay. then all of a sudden you've got scurvy. Let me connect these two things. Oh, in my own research, conspiracy. Talk about connection. Look, in my own research, a bunch of shit did come up, right? I'm going to connect <laughs> like, the dots. Well, that, 
And some of the dots you connect are like bad ones, like yeah. cancers and pyramids on hemorrhagic dollar bills, fevers. An eye on the dollar. Yes, I know yes, you're mocking, but that. listen, yeah. one of the things that does come up is Try scurvy. That. And of course, I, didn't, I, didn't, I rolled my eyes at that, too. Then of when course. I heard a modern man do this to him through a diet that I was eating the same way, and I'm showing the initial symptoms, the only thing to try was to treat it, which I did with some vitamin C. And lo and behold, my friend, everything disappeared. I like how you, I like how you take a couple of vitamins and you call it treatment. Three yeah, weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Three weeks of a vitamin Self deficiency. Self-diagnosing a disease <clears throat> that's been eradicated for centuries. It's and now eradicated. And now it's treating alive and well. It, now treating it with some chocks chewable vitamins. No, it's alive and Flintstones. well. Flintstones. Flintstones <laughs> chewable vitamins. I've been treating myself. Um, let's talk about our sponsor, Express VPN, they're sponsoring today's episode. Who is ExpressVPN? Well, they're, you know what VPN is, Zuckerman? No, I don't. You don't? Is it a diagnosis? It is a virtual private network. Virtual private networks, what you do is you log on. It actually automatically logs on for you, and it anonymizes your computer wherever you are. Whether you're in a hotel, whether you're on a plane, whether you're floating around the world, nobody knows who you are and where you are, so you can't be tracked. But guess what ExpressVPN does for you? They have hundreds of virtual private networks out there. Let me explain it to you, Zuckerman, because you're not a computer guy. You turn your computer on, and it automatically connects you to a virtual private network that anonymizes you in a variety of different cities across America and or countries. Right, so they can't steal all <laughs> so your info. So they can't info. see your IP. Available on all your devices, phones, laptops, tablets, <clears throat> Excuse me, even your TV. But guess what? We're selling today with ExpressVPN. Because they don't know where you are and what country you're in, you can watch Netflix shows, streamer shows in different countries because they don't know you're there. For instance, you can watch Star Trek Discovery from Netflix UK, Brooklyn Nine-Nine from Netflix Canada, Rick and Morty from Netflix France. I don't know why you'd want to watch the French version of that. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I watched The Black Adder, which I couldn't find anywhere. I found it on Netflix UK, and I was able to watch it with this VPN. This is really cool, guys. you got to check it out. Um, here, all you need... One day we will be going somewhere again. No, you, no, no. You misunderstand. You can watch it from West Hollywood. You can pretend as if you were in you, England uh, and watch their TV. Watch it's the Black awesome. Adder there. Yeah. I downloaded... Uh, they gave me a free year subscription... I could not tell you how easy it was. Downloaded it. It instantly just worked. It puts a big red button right on your screen. Every time you open your computer to your browser, it automatically logs you in. You don't have to do anything. It's super easy. Go to expressvpn.com. That's expressvpn.com. And use forward slash spike 911. And you get an extra three months. Boy, that's worth it. I'm going to do that after uh, my uh, subscription expires. Of ExpressVPN. You want to go to expressvpn.com forward slash spike 911. That's expressvpn.com slash spike 911. Me and my favorite car. Trust me, this is a really cool thing. Especially for someone like you, Zuckerman, who may be in places on the internet that nobody wants them there. <clears throat> it's noisy out there today. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I got to talk about a few vehicles. First, the Ducati Multi Strata 950 touring bike from Ducati. 
All right? You saw that. That's this uh, adventure bike, Zuckerman. Pay attention. You got to put your phone down. You got to have a discussion. I'm listening to you. It's, I can't monkey talk shredded. when you got a phone up and you're aiming it at me texting. It's, it's distracting. <laughs> what are you, who are you texting right now? Everybody. Everybody. I got business. All right. We'll get you out of here. Don't you worry. We're 12 minutes in. And then James Marsden is coming, who love sends Marsden. his love. He, from Austin, Texas, by the way, where we connected, where he said he's moving. No, no state taxes, no state income taxes. Is that what everybody's doing? Yep. Friendly people. Um, you saw the Multistrada 950 Touring Ducati ahead. You know I'm moving through these Ducatis. Those yes. are the, uh, what we call the Swiss Mailman bikes. Yes. The adventure bikes. Okay. This bike, uh, the Glossy Gray, retails for seventeen five. Um, it's got a really cool spoked wheel, which is only available, I guess, uh, for North America, maybe. I don't know that for sure. The panniers accessory was added, <clears throat> which are those big cargo-y boxes. side boxes, which are really cool. Um, they pop right off with a key. Um, they open up very easily on the top, almost the same kind of lever as a uh, uh, 73 kind of hood latch, those rubbery ones, mm-hmm. but a little more mechanical than that. Um, and, it's, and it's an enduro bike, and it's a street bike, Zuckerman. Um, it's got four riding modes, 113 horsepower. It's got a touring mode, sport mode, urban mode, enduro mode. I will be honest with you, I didn't get a chance to use all of them. I just blasted this thing in and out of Malibu, ran errands in it. Um, and I'm going to tell you what it's like. Here's the first thing I noticed about it, all right? First of all, I'm a huge fan of the Ducati brand right now. Like, I'm a little nuts about them, all right? They remind me of these Ferraris we see. This is the Ferrari analogy, and the car world is the Ducati for me. When I'm riding the Multistrada, when I'm riding any of these Ducatis, I'm not seeing many other Ducatis except for kind of the Ducati racing bikes. You know, the, the, the cafe Desmos style. Yeah, the Desmos, right. But, uh, you know, I, I ran errands. I know Johnny Lieberman likes to make fun of me. I went, and I went grocery shopping, which I really enjoyed. Uh, my two bags of groceries fit in perfectly. You close the top. It's awesome. You know, you, you want to go grocery shopping in it. Um, but I have some, you know, this isn't the bike for me. And I'll tell you why. Here's the first thing you notice about, and it has nothing to do with the Ducati Multistrada, which is an awesome bike. And if you like these types of bikes, you want, this is definitely something you're going to want. Because I didn't see another one. It's fast as fucking hell. Uh, but the, you know, the adventure bike is a tall bike. Mm. So for me, like I'm getting into it in my garage kind of front wheel facing in and I've got to push myself out of the, you know, and I've always got a nice car in there. That was kind of hard for me, right? I ended up parking in my outside driveway so I didn't have to back in and out of the driveway. And I'm, I'm tippy-toed at 510, right? This is, again, it's not a Ducati issue. I think this is just an adventure bike issue. Um, so that was a little bit of a problem for me. Um, the other one is, as much as I like the big panniers on the side, I'm a lane splitter, right? So that when I get on that Street Fighter V4S, that's where I, my, my squirrel brain that operates a little faster than my body really starts to enjoy life because I can now get up to speed with my brain. I can make decisions quite quickly. Kind of the same reasons that we like GT3, GT2 RSs right. and fast cars. They move through tra- traffic really quickly. Um, but with the panniers on the back, you're looking at your front wheel, 
And then you kind of forget how wide you are in the back, which for me was going to lead to a problem at, at a certain point. <laughs> I was going to hurt somebody's car because I was going to forget that. Um, they get this really interesting thing, too. Like, you know, it's got uh, this keyless kind of starting. But if you put the key in the back cargo thing, it won't start. So it's got a pin code, which I like. So anytime you want to start your bike, all you have to do is remember the four-digit uh, four pin code. Really? Yeah, you just put it in. You can start the bike wherever you are, even if you don't have the keys, I'm assuming. Which is really kind clever. of a cool, clever idea, isn't it? I don't, I don't know if all of those bikes do that, but um, I just thought that's the way they started. I didn't realize the key was too far away from the bike. I, I really like that. Um, it has very, you know, Ducati has a very kind of complicated display with a lot of stuff on it that I don't quite get. But they have this little plastic kind of this you know what i mean like a little i'm holding up two fingers together that kind of frames the gear and uh -huh. the speed so you can uh. quickly look down <clears throat> down and get the data you need to know how fast you're going and everything else <clears throat> what else did i think about this bike um you know these these bikes are just not for me i get why guys like them because you get on an adventure bike and you you can go on an adventure right you, you could take this bike up to Mammoth. Right. And then hit the trails and go off-roading. It's, it's like an old scrambler. It's got a lot of clearance. Yeah. You know, if I were back in West Bridgewater, I'd be like, this is, this is what I want, right? I can take this to work. I can blast it around on trails. I can pretty much go anywhere and do anything on it. And if you hear me talking about it, it's, you know, I thought this was going to be the thing, I, the, the genre of bike that I wanted, the, the type of bike that I wanted, but it's not. I'm now moving on to the uh, uh, the Diavale, I think. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. Diavolo. No, Diavolo. I don't know. They're sending me now a big kind of dragster one. But I will tell you, the Street Fighter so far, the Street Fighter V4S is the one that I was really in sync with the most. All of these Ducatis are amazing bikes. It, does Audi own them now? I have no idea. Everybody keeps saying they're Audis, and that just makes me like them more. Right. Because that means they're like everything else we're driving. It's part of our company, our company stuff. But these bikes, Zuckerman, I know you don't want me to ride a bike, but I'm headed towards a purchase. I'm careening wildly, spinning out of control towards a Ducati purchase. Mm. But the Multistrada, if you're in the market, well, the pollution has been so bad, too, the last yes. couple of days. If you're in the market for the multi, uh, the adventure bike, you can't beat this thing. I mean, you can't beat it primarily because I didn't see any any other ones. The engine is delightful. The speed is amazing. Um, I don't know. Loved it. It's just not going to win my personal Ducati sweepstakes, which is going to be about the Street Fighter V4S. That's the bike to beat right now. Okay. Now, do I get to I, drive one of these? Can I take it around the block? <clears throat> Will they absolutely. let me? Yeah. Yeah. But I already got rid of the stu the the street the, uh, right, the, the Multistrada. Next, <clears throat> next the other one. one, the next one shows up for Labor Day weekend, Perfect. and that's a big fat dragster. But Perfect. you should like that one. Big fat Zuckerman on a big fat. I'm dragster. excited for you to drive it. I, I I you know all of them. If it weren't so tall, the 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 seat comfort is amazing on these things. Like once you're moving on the Multistrada, it's so comfortable. Like you feel you get a little bit of that motorcycle cop feel because of the fairing and right. People can't quite tell that you're not one, so you get a little of that energy to riding it. You know what I mean? And you get, 
you get that kind of you off road bike in Mexico, right? Right. You know that kind of feeling you get when you're riding off road on a trail that I can kind of do anything. It's that I like that feeling, and that's the way that bike makes you feel. And then you realize I can feel that way on the street. It's just that for me, I want to feel faster and and quicker and easy easier to maneuver on the street. Make sense? Very much. Amazing bike for the money. Um, and you know, I got to talk about a car too. I've been driving so many of these press cars. Uh, you're in quite a car today. They're, they're piled up. Yeah, I've got the Bentley today, but we'll talk about that in a future show. It's amazing. Amazing vehicle. Um, but Ford dropped off the Lincoln Aviator plug-in hybrid, the oh. 2020, <laughs> that we've heard so much about. <clears throat> in fact, I think it wasn't just a basic one. I, here's another vehicle I just didn't know a lot about. Um, but they said, here, take it. So I said, sure. <laughs> it's a, I believe it's the Grand Touring all-wheel drive. Yes, there it is. So it's the highest end Lincoln Aviator plug-in hybrid, 84000 total dollars. It's funny. I didn't know anything about it. So they put it in the driveway, and I'm like, what is this? First of all, I thought the Lincoln Aviator was a giant, the giant, but that's the Navigator. That's the big one. The Aviator is the much mid- smaller. It's not much. It looks it's like the Explorer size. It right? actually looks bigger. You're right. Yeah, it's that size. It looks bigger than anything, but it's midsize. Yet inside, it <clears throat> has three rows, which you know, and you you step into this thing, and it's that whole you know. I'm so surprised that Lincoln is so luxurious feeling. But eighty four thousand dollars. Now you're in Range Rover territory, right? The second thing I noticed about it is it had a charging door. And I went, what is, what is their charging door doing on this Lincoln? I had no clue that they were making plug-in hybrid SUVs. So it turns out this is one of those deals. You know, you got a bunch of horsepower, and then you have 21 miles of all electric. Um, I don't know the amount of horsepower, but the car is quick. Um, and you have, you know, a variety of modes. You have this little toggle inside that... Um, you know, it seems to do too much. You've got excite mode, and you've got oh, electric preservation mode, and then you've got all electric mode, and then you have the kind of terrain modes all blended in together. It it gets a little confusing. Like even after a week of using it, I'm I wasn't quite sure where I needed to be at any given time. I just really wanted to be either in th- one of three modes, which is you know, give me all the engine so I can go fast, give me all the electric so I don't use the engine. Or give me um, all the engines so I can charge the battery while I'm driving. And then I don't care about the hybrid mode. I don't understand those modes that are blending gas. You know, it's like a Prius. Right. If you have all electric, right, you just want to use all electric or all motor. That's just my opinion. Truck is really great, though. The kids loved it. It was one of their favorite uh, vehicles that's been in the driveway lately. This is hard. You know, it's amazing to say that about a Lincoln. Um, And... You know, what else can I say about it? Luxurious interior. uh, Lots of amazing features. The seating was very uh, comfortable and luxurious and captain seats everywhere. Electric range was about as good as you can get these days. 21 miles, all electric. And I found it to be, even in the heat wave, pretty accurate. Um, The exterior looked great. You know, you don't see a lot of them here in L.A., but I thought it was a pretty damn good SUV. Um, All gas, though. I mean, it's a big price tag. $84,000 $84,000 to drive a Lincoln. Lincoln. Not Lincoln. so sure about that. Um, but yeah, there you go. 
It's hard to win me over uh, from Range Rover right now. The Velar SV autobiography was pretty great. But you're saying this is a very <clears throat> credible vehicle. Yeah, you know, here's, you know, again, it's like I'm just not a Lincoln guy yet. But I find it to be, um, if you are, and if you don't want to drive a Range Rover, and if you don't want to drive a Mercedes, because, again, this is a $85,000 SUV, you, you're going to be, it's, you're going to be taken care of in this thing. If this is your brand, go for it, for sure. Like the riding, the, you know, every, the comfort level of the ride is fantastic. The quiet inside the SUV is fantastic. It's just I don't resonate in Los Angeles with Lincoln. If I were back in Massachusetts, I would get the Lincoln. Do you see what I'm saying? I understand. Because I wouldn't be, yeah, I wouldn't want to. LA is a very, <clears throat> and, I, and I hate to use the word snobby, but maybe it's a little snobby, but maybe it's just our car culture. As I was driving today in my partner's G63, a G-Wagon, something I, you, you said I, I looked kind of funny in. Yeah. Um, it's such an L.A. kind of a car. You drive things in L.A. that you really can't get away with anywhere else. The idea of driving a G-Wagon down the street is, is really kind of funny. Where else would you do that? But it's just it's, it's ubiquitous in L.A. You see them everywhere. It's, uh, it is. It is. No, it's a unique place that way. You know, it's the G-Wagon. I don't know. There, you know, again, I go back over and over again to Range Rover. I always go back to there, and I know I'm moving into a Defender. They're, they're, they're building my Defender in October. Um, and I'm already worried that I, it won't feel like my Range Rover Sport, which is easy. Yeah, but. They, they really hit the, they hit the bullseye Range Rover does in that <clears> department. Yeah. I did a quick bit of research while you were talking. Ducati is under Lamborghini, which is under Audi, oh, no which is under VW. Oh, there so you that's go. the that's is the that chain why of I command. I like them so much. Listen, if the Germans are really responsible for how the thing is working, you know you're in good hands. Well, look, I mean, I told you what I'm noticing about this Bentley Continental the second I sat down, right? Right. What are you looking at? What? I'm wondering why I've got two cigarette lighters <coughs> sitting on the, sitting on the counter here the, the cigarette get. lighters that belong in cars so i'm yes. wondering why these are not in cars and why they were on the coffee table i don't know mm -hmm. let me tell john john let me call you in two seconds we're still podcasting yeah we better hurry up i gotta make money <laughs> um but it, you know what what i'm noticing in this bentley which i will review later that i noticed in the ducati is some things have been figured out and it's the germans of course. you know these brands are wonderful Bet, you know, Ducati, I don't have the experience with a Bentley, I do, but they suddenly something just happened to make them perfection. And the crowds right? get, <laughs> get their hands on these things all You're going to end up on woke wheels <laughs> by saying Krauts. Kraut. Okay. Can you say, are they still, can you say Krauts? Uh, I think Kraut is charming. I, I didn't say. Uh, when, they, and they, when they get their hands on it, the shit works right. All right. It does not break Those are down. your words, not mine, but... I don't know. I heard you say it. <laughs> it's a funny word. That's why. Yeah. Isn't, it, isn't it in Hogan's Heroes? Don't they call them the Krauts? It's, Do they? Huh? I don't remember Maybe that. it's just you when you I, say with it. Hogan's Heroes, they were always going to the Eastern Front. Clink was going <laughs> to get sent to the Eastern Front for being a fuck-up. <laughs> anyway, these were all great things. You know, if you've heard me, uh, you feel like I'm disparaging Lincoln. I'm not. I really enjoyed the vehicle and the Ducati I enjoyed as well. Uh, you know, my my kind of personal rule for talking about this stuff uh, is I'm not a car reviewer. I'm a car enthusiast. And if there's stuff that I don't really like, I'm probably not going to take it out of the press fleet and uh, talk about it on the show. So if you hear me talking about them, 
you know that I, uh, you know that I like him. And I did really enjoy my time in the Lincoln. It was good. I think, I think part of it, Zuckerman, is there's just no normal driving still right. while the state of California is pretty much closed, right? I'm still all about little sports cars and that stuff, right? I would agree with you. Right? I am. Absolutely. Well, um, a couple days ago, I've been trying to get him on for a long time. Our old buddy James Marsden, Mr. GT3 Turing. The luckiest man in Hollywood. The luckiest man in Hollywood. The best looking man in Hollywood. The best looking. I reached out to him and I said, you got to come back on, check in with us. We all want to know how you're doing during this. And he said, "Uh, I'm down in Austin. I'm uh, in a beautiful house on a lake. Let's do it. He had, a, he had an amazing uh, computer. He had a brand new computer that just had perfect video. Uh, I don't know about the audio, but I have now moved on, not in this interview, to a new uh, platform. I'm going to try Zencaster. A lot of you recommended. Um, we're going to do a test with that with the president of Maserati next week. Um, but James Marsden, we talked Ferrari Zuckerman. We talked Porsches. Uh, we, he talks about uh, building cars, building race really? cars. We talk about uh, go-kart racing, high-speed go-kart racing that we're going to bring our kids to in a few weeks. It was fun. It's all about cars. I wanted it to be more about entertainment, but it ended up all being about cars. Um, so anyway, enjoy my interview with James Marsden. And here it is. We always love to have our uh, friend James Marsden on. Not only is he a... Uh, consummate actor super nice guy he's laughing he's also a huge fan of porsches and cars james marson calling in from austin texas how are you this morning i'm great man how are you i'm good what what are you doing in austin which is uh it is it's becoming los angeles i'm here i'm staring at lake austin look at that wow out here by the water. This has been. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at real estate, to be honest. And um, it, it, yeah, I take my kids down here a lot. This is a friend of mine's house. He's kind and generous enough to let me stay here, and I'm kind of uh, falling in love with it, like everyone else seems to be at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's the L.A. of Texas, Austin, <laughs> and in some ways, it looks it better. That view yeah. you just showed me is gorgeous. The lake right there, wow. Really, really, really pretty. And I grew up in Oklahoma, and it just it's it's it kind of makes me a little nostalgic uh, feeling when I'm here, and a little closer to my mother, who's uh, you know getting up there in age. And I don't know, my kids. I bring my kids down here. We go water skiing. It's awesome, and um, it's just a nice little reprieve from uh, the LA life sometimes. And I love LA. I don't like it when people bash it, but uh, you know sometimes it's good to get away. It's funny. I, it's it's really funny because you hear it over and over again from folks who've been in L.A. for a long time that the next move is Austin. <laughs> it worries me because I feel like once I decide to pull the trigger and move down here, it's just going to be like I'm at a film festival. <laughs> you're, already, <laughs> you're already late. You're already late uh, to go I down know. there. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to time the market for 20 years now, and it just doesn't seem to uh, <laughs> to, to have any pullbacks. But, yes, it's going to be – what, did Joe Rogan just buy a place down here too, I think? It's just a mass It is ho- well, Hollywood ex- exodus to, to Austin. Yeah. I mean, well, you know – 
It, so that lake you're looking at right now, and I don't know anything about Austin. My only right. access point is South by Southwest, and there are right. a couple of great barbecue Instagram uh, uh, guys that I follow. Yeah. What, is that in the middle of the city? Is it in the outside of the city? Or how does it's, it work? Well, well it's, it's the Colorado River, essentially, but it, it, it goes through downtown Austin and then branches out to Lake Travis, which is a good um, – you know, 25, 30 minutes outside mm-hmm. of downtown. And there's a dam uh, at Lake Travis. It's just fascinating information. I'm sure it's riveting to people. Listening. I like this. No, no, and, I'm, um, I'm, I'm preparing my move. <laughs> and then that's, yeah, exactly. And then so the water comes out of the dam of Lake Austin and turns into this this river. It's, it's uh-huh. basically a river, but they call it Lake Austin. But can you fish? You can fish. I mean, there's beautiful bass fishing here. Mm, uh, a lot of water sports. Um, it's great, it, and the water is constant level, so it never, even if it floods, it's because it's dammed. It never rises over a certain oh, level. Oh wow! It's really, it's really nice. Twenty twenty minutes to downtown. It's nice, and that's it. And then how long yeah. fly to L.A.? A couple hours? Two and a half. Right. Yeah. And do we even I mean, shoot L.A. right now? I mean, you don't even have to come to L.A. Know. Right? <laughs> Man, I guess <laughs> there's that's no business. To, yeah, to be completely honest, it's you know I don't know where we're going to be shooting next. Um, I know I got a couple of things I'm doing next year, and and they're going to be probably. In, probably in Canada. I know Atlanta's probably going to still see a bunch of, you know, I don't know what shoots really in LA. Actually, Dead to Me, the show I've been doing uh, the last two years um, it, is one of the exceptions. It, it shoots in Los Angeles. But um, I guess the bigger question is, is how we're going to do it. Yeah. Well, you're uh, right on the front like lines the NBA, of it. We'll just do a bubble. Yeah. I, I, that's the talk. Let is me it, ask you. Be, yeah. Let me just ask you, because you're the first actor. I've talked to studio heads and guys who run very big film studios. You're the first actor I've asked this question. What, where are we at right now? Uh, you know, are you out on a set shooting movies or are you waiting for the guild or your representatives to tell you it's good? Or is this a personal decision for you? No, it's not. Well, specifically with me, it's not. It, it's there's just no work right now for me to. I mean, the, the stuff that I have lined up is isn't starting until probably early next year. So it's not I, I wait for the representatives to tell me and the studios to say, hey, we're ready to go. But I think the, the, the thing we're doing now is I got very lucky. I finished this um, uh, limited series called The Stand, Stephen King's book. And we finished March 15th. So I was really after six months of shooting. So I was lucky to, to finish that up. But I think now I think everyone's the, the, the projects that got shut down halfway through are picking back up. And they're doing right. skeleton crews, limited people on set, lots of masks and hand sanitizer and testing. I think you do maybe two or three times a week. So right. That that's so far. That's the protocol. Yeah, um, I know they're, they're, they've got these instant labs set up in some places where you can right. get a test result in about thirty right. seconds. Well, let's go back to the stand because I didn't. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about that, but I thought we'd get to it later. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I'm a huge right. fan of this series. March fifteenth, you're wrapping. That's still kind of the virus had already been around, right? So what no, was the, happening? The, no. What the, was the, happening? The irony this? was well, we had, the last. And the story, like, tell everybody yeah, the story, yeah. the top line of the story, if they, in case they don't know it. Well, I'll try, I'll, and I'll try and keep it brief, but it's, it's basically, there's a, uh, a man-made virus that escapes <laughs> a bio lab in like, Nevada, yes. and it wipes out, within weeks, wipes out 99.4% <laughs> of the Earth's population. Right. Uh, it's called ca- the Captain Trips virus. And there, for some reason, are a select few people that are immune to it. Yes, uh, and you being one of them, your character me, being, me one, of being them. one of them, Stu Redman from Texas, from uh, right. from Arnett, Texas, 
and they have to figure out how to restart society. And, and um, they're, they're, they're immediately split into these. This is when it gets sort of like almost uh, science fiction. They're, they're split into there's, a, there's an evil character um, played by Alexander Skarsgård who starts to recruit people um, in a very, uh, <laughs> um, uh, how would I say, he's a bad guy. And then there's this, the bolder free zone people who are trying to be the good people. So there's already the splitting between good and evil with humanity, even with this reset. Um, but it's interesting, like, you know, we've started the last couple of weeks getting nervous about we were on set with 70 people breathing in each other's faces and, you know, hugging and kissing. And and uh, we just started to start using the hand sanitizer and a mask or two would show up on set. And now it's like you can't imagine a world without everyone wearing masks. Right. So, um, it's right at the, it's right we at the end. In Vancouver. But it's the, uh, I guess it's the irony of the whole thing. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen any of the episodes yet, but it's either <laughs> going to be, people are either going to be like, riveted, it's more relevant than anything on TV right now, or, they're, or it's going to be, you know, almost irresponsible to. <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> It's really going to solve because you talk a lot of uh, to a lot of networks and they, they say people really want to escape now. I, I'm so excited about the stand, not just because I love Stephen King and this story in particular. It seems like this situation is way worse than what we're facing right now. Yeah, well, so, and I think you know, Stephen came out and took to Twitter and said, you know, I think there was some <laughs> some, you know, some talk getting some traction on Twitter. And he said, look, this is not. Coronavirus is not COVID nineteen is not Captain Trips. Obviously, they're very different. But that was very early on, and I think he might have walked a little bit of that back over the over the next couple of months. But uh, not he didn't walk it back. But he just you know that's obviously two weeks. Ninety nine percent of the population is gone, and right. So, um, but this is serious, and you know, and and I think it's when it all started, people were saying I was saying the same thing, which is is this an overreaction? Is this you know what wh what's going on? Is this just a flu that's going to go away? Obviously, we were, you know, really wrong on that. It wasn't an overreaction at all. But, um, yeah, it's been straight. You know what? I don't know why. I just had a – this is off off topic. But do you know one of the business that is not suffering from the coronavirus? Star Tours bus tours in Los Angeles. Really? I was driving down Mulholland the other day, and it was <laughs> filled with people. That seems to be not an essential service. <laughs> <laughs> Were they in the enclosed van or on top of the truck? Uh, both. I mean, you know, some of them had to open air, but they're just, you know, bouncing around wearing their masks. Oh, my at, God. You know, Meryl Streep's house from the 80s. Like, well, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is it's now incumbent upon us to entertain everybody who are in their houses right now. And yeah. Yeah. And keep them from, you know, going bonkers, get, right. grabbing an axe and yeah, start yeah. hacking up their neighbor. Uh, that's the <laughs> right. whole idea. Right. That's the whole I mean, idea. Yeah. Your, your audience must have grown tenfold since. They're doing, it's, yeah. it's doing all right. Yeah. Because, uh, the, you know, uh, in particular, uh, we can all drive right now. I, I right. Do, not a lot of people know this about you, but you are. You're texting me every other week with Porsche questions. You're one of those. You're, you're one of the Porsche sports car guys who, you know, we all text each other for like, am I making a mistake? And what am I doing? Usually, right. you're talking about GT3 Tourings. What's what's on your mind right now regarding cars? I mean, are you thinking about something for Austin? Are you back yeah. about something for LA? What are you thinking about car wise? 
Uh, it's funny. The car, it's the two cars that are sitting in this garage right now are a 2018, I believe, Aston Martin Vanquish S with 3,000 miles on it. And he's wondering, should I sell this thing or should I keep this thing? <laughs> and next to it is a 1972 Chevy C10 Cheyenne. Beautiful. Oh, wow. And I drove my son down here a couple of weeks ago and he just, he, it was like the Aston wasn't there. He just yeah. was just drooling over this old pickup. Of course. Uh, so I think I'm buying that from him because it just feels like <laughs> the, the, the right way to do Austin, Texas, you know, kind of douchiness and all like tool around in your old. Uh, old no, there's pickup. a purity to that. There's a purity to that feeling. I love yeah. vehicles like that that are slower than the, the road culture of, of the year yeah. you're in. And, you know, I find, especially during the pandemic, all the old stuff that you're sitting right. in that feels like that, there's a purity to it and just a, gr a grounded feeling. I can't think of anything else you should be driving. Yeah, I rebuilt a Mazda. My son and I go karting out in Fontana. We do like the, oh, yeah? the 125cc two-stroke carts. And it's, if you've never done it, it is the most exhilarating experience. What's the uh, age? Uh, how old do you have to be? Well, I mean, you have you have nine-year-olds out there passing you oh uh, yeah it's, it's it's insane yeah um really powerful i mean it, jensen button i've been out there with jensen button uh the formula the ex formula one driver he's he does that to stay sharp it's it's we should go out and like rent the track one day and yeah and yeah yeah if you love to drive it's <laughs> it's uh it's the closest you can get to driving a formula car but um so we're big you know we're big nerds we rebuilt an old mazda miata to to, to spec to take to willow springs um you know, so so we're we're where's we're big, that we're car right now? It's, it's in L.A. In L.A., just you know, kind of sitting there. But it is like like you said, it is the time to drive. We can, you know, that's in that's a sport you can you can take part in. And, and let me ask you about I, the Miata. I want to ask you more about the Miata. Yeah. Why? Because this is happening in my house. My twelve year old wants to do this. What do right. you know? Any? What's the best year to rebuild? Like, I mean, it, I've heard ninety four. <laughs> right. Uh, um, 94. Yes. The, uh, the NAs, I think are the 91 to 98, something like that. Mm -hmm. and the NA, NA Miatas. Those are great ones. They have the flip up headlights. Um, and what, until, and what did you do? 2005, they had a, uh, a, dip, a lock and differential that was, mm -hmm. um, became standard stock with the car, which is nice. Um, we just bought a, you know, a salvaged $3,000 Miata and then threw like a feel coilover suspensions on it. Put a roll bar in you know we upgraded uh we, we put a supercharger on it and you know it, it without spending a ton of money it's a lot of fun for people who want to learn how to race and learn the driving line and the limits of the car you you can do it at an affordable price and without going insane you know levels of speed and that's what's great right. about the Miata. and i think that's why it's the most popular spec racing car it is um, in the world and i got that that 911 touring and I, I sold it after like nine months because I was too scared to drive it. I didn't want to put a mile. On. It was just the worst. I, I went away to work for six months and I, I knew I wasn't going to drive it. And, I, they, you know, of course, like this, the, the, the Porsche thing is an obsession. They announced there's going to be 992s. There's probably going to be a GT3. I think now we know there is, right? So I don't know. I guess I kind of went, uh uh, maybe we just wait for the next one, but I really do regret it. I, I, every day I, I think about that car and it was, like you said, it demands attention from the driver. You have a connection with the car. And I, I know there, there, there's a lot of tech and computer in the car nowadays, but it really is the closest thing to, I got the manual, the, the rev to 9,000 four liter engine, just a masterpiece. It's just, 
it's it's you are it's it's an event when you're driving the car and you, you know, and if I, you, I drove a senna gtr and it yeah i didn't drive one i said if i drove one i, I would imagine it would feel rather soulless and soulless but i mean if you want to give me one to drive i'll drive it but i'm trying to get one from mclaren right now i'm hoping they stay in business long enough (laughs) they told me to talk to them the first week of september because there is a mclaren senna in the press fleet and they they said they were doing something with it and i haven't been able to figure it out trying to keep it from catching fire (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I'm a, I like cars like that, but they're two different, completely different animals, what you're talking about. You right texted now. me, though, back to your GT3 Touring. You said, it was funny, you said, do you know who bought my car? And then I couldn't figure out why you would ask me that question. Did I help you sell that car? Or No, I think you you, you did. A, uh, I asked you if you knew anyone that would, could help, and I think you, you oh, directed track it me down? towards. You, well, no, you directed me to someone who, who, who helped me sell it. And oh, right. I, I should have just asked him, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I like to bother you, though. Your voice is softer and, and more soothing than his. <laughs> so did you reach out to the guy that bought your GT3 Touring? And I didn't, how- but, I, but I had every, I, I, I wanted to. Um, just, to, you know what? I was shooting a scene for Dead to Me, and I think this is the catalyst for why I was trying to track it down. And okay. I drove past a, a, a garage. We were shooting in Beverly Hills. And I swear to God, I saw it sitting in the garage because I had specific uh-huh. build detail. Like I had just Porsche written on the back. It wasn't GT3 or the mm-hmm. number, and it was GT Silver and it was a Touring. And I went, how many of those could be here? And I went, that's my car. And so I, <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, I want it back. <laughs> it just, it, it just hit me in the gut when I saw it. And it, went, and it was just kind of going like, isn't that the is interesting? The emotion of that moment when you see the ex girlfriend and yeah, that's exactly what it's there. Like. And you know, you feel like I like to say, like I feel I'm a different human after every nap. I wake up and I have different feelings about everything. Pretty much after every time I sleep, you see yeah. this car as you're driving by, and you're like, I what was I thinking? I want it back. It feels unfair, even. Uh, Immediately, immediately, (laughs) once you turn the keys over, it's right. They they kind of have to pry them out of your hand. What am I doing? I'm making a huge mistake. (laughs) A huge mistake. Um, And but now you're fine. Sometimes I try to cover that with the next thing. But you're like you're in a healthy place. You're looking forward. You're you know you drove the car. I think those buys, those impulse like rebuys, could be a mistake. I think you're buying a set of feelings, you're buying nostalgia, yeah. you're buying that desire to go back, not really the thing, you know what I mean? Right. It's, yeah. it's, you can never go back to high school. There, there are right. several of my friends that believe you can go back to high school anytime you want and should go back. <laughs> I but only I, have friends that believe they're still in high school. Yes, but I believe <laughs> um, that it's about the new experiences. You know, whatever, even if it's a mistake like to sell it, you know, it's a, there's a new experience coming and you've got to right. run through those and you can't just hold on to this old stuff because the opposite is the guy who takes his original car and over restores it because this is the first right. car he had and then it just sits there some weird testament to his youth that yeah ever, you know what mm-hmm. i mean yep yeah no i know exactly what you mean and i i, I guess you know I, again that car i just felt like didn't i didn't deserve it it was like this car needs to be driven into the ground and absolutely <laughs> abused, you know? 
And I was, you know, I was scared to just park it. Uh, so I didn't but feel why? Like what I, did you I, think? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it was like just seeing whether or not, you know, it's like I had a girlfriend that I didn't want, <laughs> didn't want to go, you know, too far with intimately until I knew for sure I wanted the relationship to be a long-term one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a terrible analogy. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, I guess I don't know. I, I don't know. It was, you know, it was that thing. It was like, well, if I, if I want to, you know, if I, if I don't want to hold on to this and I want to sell it, don't put too many miles on it. Don't do all that. And it's just like you're in the wrong headspace. The car just needs to be driven. I, and I believe that. And I like that you and Paul have always said that too. Like drive it like you stole it. And you, it's, what it's, it's what it's about. It's about putting miles on it. It's about experiencing this, it with yourself. Let me ask you, was this your first new Porsche that you've ever bought? It was my first new car I've ever bought. I mean, well, I've leased cars, but I, you know, that was like my first real oh. um, expensive toy I've ever bought in my life. And I think because I'm from Oklahoma and back, yes. back, back in my mind, I feel like I should be, you know, uh, managing a fast food restaurant. But I, I instead had some, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, but, but I still, I've had this, you know, career, which has turned out to be really nice. I, but I still feel like the Oklahoma in me is like, you don't right. deserve this. You can't yes. afford this. It's better than you. Um, but also, I think, like you said. I mean, I, see, I feel like a car psychologist right now. And I feel I like say, you're my car therapist. And, you know, because I relate to that. The very first new car you get, you really get obsessed with it and you get very protective over it. Mine was the first series Boxster. That was the first brand new car I'd ever bought in my life. I'd been saving up for years because I knew it was coming. And I was the same way about it. I, I, I took care of that thing. I, you know, I was going over it on the weekends with a fluorescent light and a magnifying glass <laughs> yeah. looking for dings and yeah. And, and, you know, as you, you know, move through more cars and you, you crash them and they get, right. in, you see them come back. Like my big moment was the second new car I got, the, a 993 C2S in dark yeah. blue that was, uh, uh, that Seinfeld procured for me paint to sample from Dr. Vedekin himself back when it was only like two paint to sample cars. So it came with a letter from the president of Porsche. That car was um, stolen and taken to Mexico and off-roaded and smashed. <laughs> right? Oh, like, my baby. God. And I built wow. it. You know, we, we built it back better than new. And there it was yeah. one day in the garage. And I went, oh, uh, okay, there's nothing I can really do or anyone else can do to these things. And it's fun. Right. And I, you know, I sold it for pretty much what I bought it for. So, it, right. it, you know, that was my moment where I learned to kind of relax and enjoy these things. Yeah. It. But well, that's it. I, yeah. It, it, yeah. I think it was the, you know, the, the purchase price for me. And I, I still have three kids I got to put through college and I'm like, what am I doing? Um, but also I, I drive the right daily. thing. You're I, spending I your college uh, money on cars. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly turns, what you should be out, doing. Turns out it was a smart, a smart move, right? I mean, <laughs> remember universities, remember colleges when people went to college. Yeah. Uh, but I also, I drive a, um, a nine, nine, seven, just base Carrera as my like daily, daily driver. And to be honest with you, I had a, uh, the, um, Ferrari F8 last week. Right. And the, the, the amount of, of sheer, uh, uh, terrifying power that uh, that car has. And these new cars have, I got back into my 997 drove around and even that base Carrera from 2012, it's just, just feels like plenty of power and so much fun. And you don't worry if a rock jumps up and nicks it. And I don't know, I, I guess, I guess there's part of me that like, 
you know, my next car, like, I like what you said about it all just sort of being an experience and a journey for your life in the car culture. Like you, you have relationships with these cars and then you, you know, you welcome new cars into your life and, and start a new relationship with them. And I've never had an air, an air cooled Porsche, which is, I think my next. So to go yeah. way back to your first question of what I'm thinking about is that's something that I've always wanted, you know, a 70 to 73 911 E or S or, you know, something in there. Um, and, uh, I've never done the air cooled thing. So I think that's kind of what I'm, I'm looking at next. And yeah, you would love that. And you're, I'm thinking, you're on my thing. trajectory. I recognize my trajectory in you. Cause that's exactly where I went. I started with the new, and then I had Seinfeld in my ear and he was like, it's all yeah. about the seventies cars. And I went, all right. And I, I, I got 73, 911s. And I went back to 70 and he said, 356s are next. And I said, they're a little too primitive for me, but sure enough. And, you know, yeah. now I want cars from the early 1900s. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and then Volkswagen yeah, Beetles, the, the weirder, the better, and the smaller and the older, the better. I don't know what that is. I'll be driving yeah. steam powered fire engines in a minute. I know. Well, there's something about getting, you know, I get in this Chevy, this the old truck. And you smell like the engine after driving. You get out of the car and you reek of fuel. And, right. uh, and there's something nostalgic about that. My first car was a, a, a Trans Am. And uh, it, I don't know. There's, just, there's, there's something nostalgic about going back in time. And, and the, you know, the, you said primitive about older cars that, you know, I don't want to touch a screen to, to, to enter in, you know, settings in my car. I want to manually turn a knob or, you know, and there's just something so gratifying about that tactile experience and, and the smells and the whole, the whole experience. I don't know. So I, I, it's why I love cars. And, and um, so, uh, yeah, I think we're, gr we're going towards all electric and, and, and I mean, I remember sitting eventually, yes, I'll have a Tesla, but, I remember sitting in one and just an iPad sitting in front of you and yeah. nothing else. Mm -hmm. And I, I miss switches and buttons and rowing your own gears. Um, so, you know, the Porsche, the GT3, I, th I thought, you know what, if I want this car, I'll be available. I I'll be able to get one. You know, they're out there. They made a ton. The last, the, the 9912, the 991.2 series, they, they made a, they made a bunch of them. So, yeah, they're not. Um, going it was about as perfect, perfect <clears throat> modern car as you can get, as far as as far as I'm concerned. And you I, know, I was with I was with Johnny Lieberman yesterday of Motor Trend. <clears throat> he wants you to do a car show. Now I see why. <laughs> a car show. What I was like, he, I was like, you know, Johnny, he's a very big movie star and television star. He goes, yeah, but he'd be perfect for a Motor Trend car show. So <laughs> he wants to. He want, he's looking for a partner, huh? He goes, no, you, can, your company can produce it. He goes, I'm going to put it, I'm going to executive produce it for you. I'll be the showrunner and Marsden's going to be the star. I go, okay, I'm going to pitch him that idea. <clears throat> it's not it. so far-fetched, is it? Do, no, do you ever I, think, has Ferrari ever approached you about racing in their... Uh, yeah, that's, so that's something that I took a two, they have a cor, uh, program called Corsa Pilota. Yes. And uh, I finished, I went all the way up to the advanced courses at Circuit of Americas here in Austin, actually. And, you know, you're going 170 miles an hour and an 812 and but you're learning. Um, uh, and then you get, a, it was the 488 uh, where you're really learning how to race. And I'm supposed, I was supposed to have finished all the training and get my IMSA license uh, about a year ago, but uh, my schedule uh, got too complicated and then COVID happened. So right, I'm, right. I'm, I'm supposed to finish that in October and, um, and then go race. I was, and then go racing sometime next year. 
Um, but this year I was supposed to be racing Ferrari challenge at Laguna Seca. Right. And, right. Um, or, or Watkins Glen, but um, <clears throat> have, we, couldn't, we couldn't finish the training because of COVID. So that's right, something right. that I, and I wonder when I really get there and, and it's, it's, you know, you're on the grid and it, you're racing wheel to wheel. If I really have the berries for it, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I want to, I want to get there and then, you know, hopefully I'll have the balls to do it. <clears throat> uh, it's I, not, you that i worry about it's all the other guys on the track right that's that's the problem right it's it's the people who you know plop down however many you know hundreds of thousands of dollars for or millions of yeah. dollars for for a full ferrari garage that never learned how to drive them and part of that uh you know part of that purchase you get to yeah. race them right and they have something to prove what you're doing i think we were up at laguna seca watching one of those races last year um and somebody broke their back <laughs> so, somebody, some guy who owned a chain of restaurants crashed and broke his back and wasn't doing <laughs> too well. The rest of the folks are having a great, it's an amazing thing to see around it, right? Yeah. There's just parties right. going on. It's really an amazing program with a lot of fun, but you can. It's, yeah. it's competitive you can, and you can get hurt. Yeah, you can get hurt. And you're in there with the novices and that's what's right. But right. They do offer, they offer something new this year. I, maybe it's not new this year, but it's, it's relatively new. It's called the club challenge where you can actually just do a time trial. Oh yeah. Which, which might be cool. I mean, you know, just getting out there in the challenge car and setting your fastest laps in a, in a, in a time trial, which it, you, you yeah. won't, you won't do that. When you get at the, when you see everybody on the track flying around, all you want to do is be on the track with them <laughs> just, and then winning. That's the, you know, yeah, in the States I, going, maybe, uh, well, I, that, you know, it yeah, happens every coach, time. My, the, the coach I had at, at, for the, the first couple of courses at Ferrari, he said, "Don't drive the challenge car because once you drive it, you will be racing, and you yeah. will, uh, you won't be able to say no." Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, right now, the, the all the the karting out there at Fontana is enough, you know. Enough so, what do you do at Fontana? Do you bring your own cart out, or you use their carts, or how does there's it work? A, there? There's a guy named <laughs> Phil Giebler who used to race. He has his own karting company, Phil Giebler Racing, and he he I meet him out there. He brings his carts, and uh, he's got anything from the you know super fast shifter carts down to you know little four stroke just above a, a rental cart. Um, and um, you just get out there, and you, I think it's 10, 15 minutes sessions, and you just you rip around their car track and there's wow. races every couple, every couple of weekends. I've not done a race properly yet, but, um, you know, you're, you're in a, your ass is on the ground in a single axle, uh, 125 CC two stroke going, you know, 85 miles an hour. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's, it's in, with no seatbelt, right? Does that be unsafe? Right. You, you're, you're just, it, it, you're better off flying and skidding down the, down the straight. Uh, they don't have seatbelts in the these carts. No, no, no. <clears throat> How does that helmet, work? You got to wear a fire suit, and you. <clears throat> right. I, don't know, I think they've learned that if you crash in a cart, it's better yeah. to be from it. Um, I've done several cart racing schools, and now I, I can't, I'm thinking back. Uh, yeah, I don't know that. No, I know there there was definitely a racing harness in them. Really. Oh well, <laughs> I'm going to call I, uh, Phil today because I want to take the boys racing. They're dying to get up there. Um, that's that is the way to do it. And you go take them out there uh, and get them in the rental carts first, right? Uh, which are just little four-stroke carts, but they're they're more powerful than the you know the indoor electric carts. But they're not to, to a scary degree, and they'll just right, they'll right. Blast. They'll have a blast, and they will want to race because they have a, a cow speed. Has their own little rental car, uh, uh, rental cart uh, racing series. 
Right. Um, you know, and you do practice and qualifying and then you have a couple of different heats. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's the best. You really do learn the line of a track and you learn how to race and you got a nice big bruise on your back from the G forces uh, in the turns, right? You're pulling a couple of G's at least in the turn. Oh, and you're just, you're, it's rattling your, your spine. Yeah. It is, uh, it's, it's more, I was more scared in that go-kart than I was ever going 170 miles an hour (laughs) on circuit of America's Ferrari eight twelve. I mean, it's, 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 you know, you're flying and, and the carts behave like a formula car. Um, and you really got to be in shape. You, it really yes. it makes you appreciate, you know, the athleticism of these, of, uh, you know, car, of drivers, racing drivers, mm-hmm. you know, I, you really got to be in shape. You know what I like is the moment where, you know, you're warming up for a couple hours, but then there's a moment where you're at one with the cart, the slide, the turn, you zone out and you're just kind of yeah. thinking your way through the track. Yeah. That's one of the most interesting moments of high speed karting. That it that is. Yeah, you stop you thinking it, and you start just exactly. You on just instinct. feel it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and you allow you find the limits of the cart, and then you start mm-hmm. to allow you allow it to slide just a little bit. First thing is like you're just you grip the steering wheel like this at first, and then yes. once you loosen that up, and you actually you just do, it sounds dorky, but you do become one with it, and and um, that's when you start to get that false sense of. I'm really good at this. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that dangerous. <clears throat> that's uh, when the crashing that's, starts. That's when the crashing starts and you know, you want to go race and then you're, and then you're humbled by it, by, uh, you know, like you said, by, um, with a new broken back, <laughs> but, but I do, I, I do love it. I mean, I grew up in Oklahoma on like gravel roads and I had my mom's 1974 Oldsmobile Cutlass and I would, you know, I would hang the back end out and see how long I could hold a slide on a gravel road. It was just right, open right. spaces. And, but it taught me, you know, um, how counter steering works and weight transfer and all of those things. And so it's, it's fun to do it. And my son's obsessed with cars. So I, like you said, you, how old's your boy? 12. And not, 12. Uh, 12 I mean, 10. that's such a great age. You got to get, take him out to go karting. He will, he will, he'll love it. Yeah. But it's also such a nice thing to share with your with your kids, you know, and the experiences of that. And and I'm sure he loves cars as much as you do, I'm imagining. Yeah, but I don't want him to race. I mean, it's nice right. to do it on the weekends, but he needs a race right. job. <laughs> <laughs> right. What do you mean? There's, there's, there's thousands of uh, race car drivers in the world who make millions a year. Yeah, sure. Yeah, That's how I want to spend my weekends, watching my kid right. maybe die. No, I, it's all about so, me and how I want to enjoy my weekends. <laughs> right. If he said, Dad, I want to be a professional football player for the NFL or it's be not a race car happen. driver, which yeah. one would you let him be? Um, he's not big enough to be a football player. I didn't ask if he was big enough, which one (laughs) I would let him play Uh, baseball. I'd let him play baseball, but then I'd kind of go, well, you know, baseball players, (laughs) you really want to just be hanging out. You can, you imagine what those conversations are like, Jack, you know, sitting Uh, on the bench, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's CJ Wilson, who's the smartest baseball player that I've ever met in my life, CJ, and smarter than most human beings. <laughs> but he's the only one. The only one. The only one I well, think I've met where I went, wow, I'm really, really impressed, impressed. <laughs> with your intelligence. <laughs> well, maybe maybe, maybe, your, maybe your son would be overqualified. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's nice to see it come back, but I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little bummed that, uh, I guess the NBA is doing all right with their bubble, but the Major League it's Baseball so weird. I feel like I'm in an old Charlton Heston sci-fi movie when I watch these baseball games. 
with the plastic yeah. people in the stands and the yeah. some teams have fake laughter, some don't. It's, no, it's, it's bizarre. Thing. And the NBA thing with the walls up so it's not a big stadium. Right. You really do and, feel and like the, it's the, science the fiction. The sounds of it. The sounds yeah. I've noticed are completely different, right? Yeah. The experience of what it sounds like. You hear, you know, LeBron James saying shit to his, you know. Right. You, need to, right. You, you, you hear it, all the, you know. Um, and it's on one level, it's really interesting to hear what, you know, it's not what, what gets usually drowned out by the crowd. But. It, it is a surreal, bizarre experience to see it. And it, yeah. it feels like, are we, is this it from now on? Is this the way we're going to do it? <laughs> I mean, how is this going to work? It's Everything's going to be fine. Nightmare. It yeah, is a long nightmare. It's a long nightmare. Yeah. We're halfway through it, but this we too are. shall pass. I believe that we will be back so. to some form of normalcy. I think we'll right. be wearing masks for a long time, but whatever. Yeah. We'll yeah, certain things out. are changed. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe we've officially said goodbye to the handshake. I mean, that's good too. Right? I mean, again, I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind that either. No, that's good. Yes. Uh, uh, going to our uh, my wife's friends one act play. Going to dinner parties. I don't have to do these things. <laughs> going to funeral. Look, I love my friends, but I don't need to go to your funeral. It's okay if I. You know, you're not going to know I wasn't there, right? <laughs> you know these the birthday parties for adults. I'm not invited to. It's it's really kind of cool and then i'm hanging yeah. out with my favorite people my family which is a lot of fun yeah. um yeah. i could use with <clears throat> a few more uh you know guy hangouts you know cigar smoke right. but we figured those out yeah. we figured out morning coffees kind of separated right. in the back outdoors. of places outdoors it's nice yeah. um it's not so, so you bad. still doing that on sunday on sunday mornings you're still doing your uh, yeah we have the cars and coffee, coffee. eight yeah. to ten I, every sunday and that's I gotta make going it down on. for one of those well, when do you come back? You're you're on your way back. Uh, I'm here for a week. I'm going to try and um, find a spot to uh, uh, either buy or rent. Um, but I'm going to be ba- I'm going to be back and forth over the next you know month looking for for a place down here. But I'll, I'll um I think this trip about a week. So maybe maybe when I'm back, we'll hook up down in in um wait, is it Malibu? It's in Malibu, but we'll meet at Zuckerman's and steal one of his early yeah, 9 11 Yeah, I was just going to say. I was just going to say <laughs> some of those are a little too pristine. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we'll destroy him. I mean, if he's lending Johnny Lieberman cars at this point, and Johnny's yeah. ripping them through Angeles Crest and ruining transmissions, and he, you know, right. Zuckerman is a very generous guy, and he he understands he's only got about two summers left before he dies. So, you know, we can all drive yeah, whatever we want. Get, get, I have access. Get, get, you have access to my cars whenever you like as well. And wow. uh, you know, well, you, I, I think. It. You you got to drive all of those old 911s before you buy one to go. I think I'm right. a 80s guy. I think I'm a mid 70s guy, or perhaps I like right. the primitive, uh, you know, 60s stuff because it's yeah, all yeah. very very I, different. Yeah, the early 911s, the uh, what 65? When did they start? Four. 64. 64. Right, with a shorter wheelbase. Yeah, like, maybe like a little longer wheelbase, early 70s, but pre 1973 <clears throat> and a half. Is that when they went to rubber bumpers? Look, you're 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 thinking exactly right for where you are as a driver right. and this enthusiast. Seventy three yeah. is the year for you. Trust me, yeah. and no birth, doubts. And my, my birth <laughs> no year. doubts. What's that? My, and my birth year. So and your birth year. Want to get me? Uh, want to get me a present for September eighteenth around the corner? <laughs> uh, that seventy three. I'll even take a nine eleven T. Yes. Um, yeah. That'll be one of my favorite cars was my white 911T from 1973. It's yeah. an amazing 
touring vehicle. Yeah, it's a little soupy, and the seats are a little soft, so it's not as much of a racer. But you'll have a lot of relaxing drives in it. The seven three right. RS is a great car, but <clears throat> I mean, it's what here's, is it? here's what, I, here's what I would look at. All right, seventy S is I, my favorite nine uh, eleven early nine eleven. The seventy S seventy three T number two for me, and seventy three RS is number three. Those are the three I would focus in on. Some those three. What's, what's, what's three the uh, prejudice against the seventy one and seventy two? They just don't feel as 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 like moment cars when it comes to the seventies nine elevens. Like the seventy, I had that leaf green car, which I think was a nine eleven T. I didn't. I love the car. It's an amazing car. The you know the leaf green paint is incredible. It's a unique nine yeah. eleven. But having driven so many early nine eleven and owned so many early nine elevens, it it wasn't quite one car. The other car that I really loved. Does yeah. that make sense? Yes, you know, and I reminded myself, this is why I call you. It's the this evolution is- <laughs> of the 911T. For me, the perfect one is 1973 and a half. Right, yeah. That's just yeah. my personal feeling about them and what I like to drive. Wait, does 73 and a half have the rubber bumpers or no? Yeah, but little roundy ones. The ones I right. had had transitional round bumpers, not the right. big blocky ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the 70S, I happen to find an, uh, an early, you know, a one that only had six or 7,000 original miles. Chalk marks yeah. on the engine, Conda green. And that yeah. car was perfection, cool. just preservation perfection. The front end was really solid. Nothing, you know, it, it just drove like nothing else I'd ever driven. And the engine yeah. was just freer and lighter than the 73s. And that became one yeah. of my favorite cars to drive. Um, yeah, the the seventy S. The 70s, yeah. Even yeah, more so yeah. than the seventy three, the Tangerine nine eleven RS I sold Zucker. Uh, tangerine. Wait. Yeah. What a what a pretty color. That sig- signal yellow is another one I Yeah, uh, those are great. Favorites. Yeah, got the orange to it. Well good. I look forward to coming seeing uh you and Paul. I'm gonna take his gold wing out to Angela's Crest. <laughs> 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 Rip around Angela's crest and it's uh, 300 SL. That well, the Gullwing I think is for sale at Canopy right now. Anybody who's interested in buying that, we actually have a couple cars for sale. We've got our GT2 RS is for sale at Porsche of Santa Clarita, our beautiful chalk car that's owned by myself yeah, and Zuckerman. Yeah, together, Bogus. right? Right. Yeah, this is a funny. Like, you know, people always ask, how does Plan Z work? Well, in this particular instance, this is a car I never wanted to sell. But my right. two co-owners <laughs> outvoted me, <laughs> and they said we oh, want to get rid of it rule. for different reasons. And now it's up Can for I ask sale. What, so, what those reasons are? They want something something new. Well, uh, no, they have. There were different personal reasons that I won't get into. A yeah, lot of right. it, but but okay. the, but the the important part was I was outvoted. <laughs> and, you had no choice. So I went, ah, oh, that's my favorite car. But <laughs> right. but but so like you, the loss. I immediately went, all right. Yeah. There's new stuff coming. We'll just right. wait for the new stuff and then we'll move right. on. Um, right. And there's and, less and know, less of the older stuff. I'm secretly hoping nobody buys it. <laughs> uh, we take it back. Maybe. Secret maybe hoping. maybe I'll buy it, but we'll buy it. <laughs> and you and I will buy it. <laughs> yeah, and you can I get her back. A deal. So, um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. When you get back, we'll get you in an early nine eleven. We'll go for a drive. Right. We'll have a lot of fun. We'll stay safe. Thank you for checking in with us all the way from Austin. Before you go, absolutely. I need to know when I'm going to be able to watch the stand on CBS All Access. When does this happen? 
Uh, that's a good question. I th- the rumors are that I'm hearing from people involved with it is later this year. So I, w- I wish I could give you a more uh, specific date, but um, towards the end of the year, I think is what they're targeting. Wow. Um, but yeah, next year is Sonic 2. We're going to do the sequel to Sonic with Jim Carrey. That's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And uh, go into the third season of Dead to Me, which is uh, the third and final Dude. season. So good, All good I stuff. Hear I hear is, uh, Ferrari money, Ferrari money, Porsche money, Ferrari money, Porsche uh, money. Coming, what's happening? I feel, better, I feel better driving those cars when they just let me borrow them. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's when you really get to have fun with them. They are great. Very, very, very high class problems and grateful to be in a position to do so. Do you get the Porsche press cars? Do they have you on that list yet? Uh, yes, occasionally I do. I do. I, I haven't gotten in the 992. Remember the whole 992 story, right? I was supposed to announce it at the LA Auto. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that's I right. The vertigo. It's and I, vertigo, could, I realized, right. like, I couldn't drive a car onto a stage, you know, you know flanked by right. people. Um, do, they, do they get you? So, they're, you know, yeah, that's right. You should, you yeah. should get the new. So you haven't driven it yet. I haven't driven the 992. Um, I want to drive the, the 992S. Um, that's great. Is that what is that coming has that, doesn't he? We have one, yeah. Right, right. And I have one. This, you're just going to get burned again. You keep doing this together. We're about to hand that off to one of his lawyers okay. who's going to take it over because there's other stuff happening too. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, when we, we can, I Sunday, can pull that car back. I can pull that car back for you to drive if you'd like to drive it. All right. I wish I could give you – I'll give you my Miata um, to drive Look, around. That's a, big, that's a big deal in this house. Let me. I, one last question. <laughs> When you made this Miata for the track, were you then trailering it to the track since it was a no, Salvador's title? Uh, no, we we drove it, but we I think we fixed the whole Salvage title deal. How does that? Uh, work? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, and I might have just incriminated myself. But <laughs> you mean the cars that aren't ever allowed on the road again? You put it on the road. Well, yeah, we, we made them. Uh, yeah, we made. Well, maybe it wasn't Salvage title. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was wrong on that. <laughs> Why are you waving your hands at me? Let me right uh, yeah, I just felt like a salvage title car because <laughs> it was such a piece of shit. Um, when we well, no, that's it. exciting. Uh, no, that's legit, yeah. man. That's that's all we're talking about in this house is how to get a Miata and then what to do with it. It's it's, uh, it's you're it's you're a legit a car guy, my friend. Man, I love it. I love it's, it, and I like sharing it with people like you. So thanks for uh, welcoming me into the. Uh, all right, man. And thank you for taking uh, the time out to chat with us. Absolutely. We'll see you when you get back. Take it easy. Well, that was James Marsden. What'd you think? Ooh, he's the best. You didn't hear it. <laughs> I wasn't there. I like making you pretend. <laughs> I'm a good, I'm an accomplished liar, Ferris. <laughs> I still can't figure out how to do the multi-guy Zoom. <laughs> I would have you there for all of these, but it's just it it can't happen. It's too crazy right now. Um, anyway, it was nice being with all of you. We're happy to still be doing shows for you. Um, we want to thank ExpressVPN, who sponsored today's show. And uh, we'll see you next week, I believe, with uh, the president of Maserati who's coming on, CEO of Maserati, to tell us all about their uh, platform and then whatever else I can cook up in the, uh, in the uh, intermediate time. Is that right? Yep. What do you got, the 5512? Yep. I've got my 1680. Look at those. Look, 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 look. We have dueling Rolexes. <clears throat> dueling Rolexes. And I'm going to take my 
What did you give me? Mucho sexo <laughs> perfume for my wife. Yes. <laughs> that you brought in as it's a gift really for today? The, it's not really for her to put on. It's for you to sprinkle around her side of the bed and uh, ah. to promote her wanting to have sex with you this and is... your scurvy. <laughs> so she doesn't want you to like decompose and bleed out onto her during the sexo. <laughs> Will this cure my scurvy by any chance? As well as your <clears throat> fucking chocks. Uh, vitamins and flint the vessel that comprehends universal awareness originated at a moment of conception preceded by an irrepressible seduction beauty war brand sex potions will help power the process thus driving universal consciousness gibberish <laughs> <laughs> that was just gibberish on the bottle of mucho <clears throat> sex so tell me something ferriston yeah what is erica most afraid of cockroaches what? i'm not going to talk mice, about my wife silverfish or earwigs well, n- uh, rats. Rats. Nobody likes vermin, yeah. Really? Rats? I don't mind them. What about earwigs? I don't like earwigs. What about silverfish? I, I don't mind the silverfish. Really? Okay, so what about cockroaches? Which which are more I frightening? really despise the cockroach. Okay, so... But that's New York. That, so I had them in my apartment. cockroaches are the worst, then earwigs, no. and then silverfish? Here's Here's my ranking. I can't believe we got to this so late in the show. <laughs> I'm trying to say goodbye, but this is an important conversation. Yes. All right. Number one for me would be the cockroach. I don't like the cockroach because, because of the places I've seen them, bar backing, working in warehouses, working in supermarkets, you know, and then seeing them in my apartment, in, do- <clears throat> in my dorm room in Boston. And then in my apartments, I, I don't like seeing them. They, they, to and me, what, it's And what you're filth. describing, Number when you one. talk about restaurants and being a bar back, if you haven't worked in one of those environments, the cockroaches <clears throat> there get fucking big. Big, big and water bugs, fat. they call them. They Just try, disgustingly yeah. fat on garbage. And I and saw foulness. them in a bunch of bars that I worked in, didn't like them, and then it got worse in the dorms at Berkeley College of Music and then bad in, in I New personally So there's know, number one. Okay, that's number one. What's number two? The earwig. The earwig, I think, is Really disgusting. The airwig is disgusting. Not only when you kill them, they splat. They splat out. and they leave a mess. But they have a bite attached to them. Yes, the right. The, and thing. so when you get bit by one and it's on your skin, that really creeps me out. The airwig definitely number two. The rat, what I would put number three. All right. And in in California, we deal with rats all the time. I don't mind the rat himself. The rat is okay. What I don't like is the rat turd. Yes. Ratty the Rat is fine with me. Like, if he were friendly, I would pet Ratty the Rat. I sent you a video of me petting something in my front yard the other day. <laughs> what was it? That wasn't a rat, though. That, that was some other. It was a, it was a mole. Or, or yeah, a vole. mole or a vole or something right. big. But he looked furry like a rat. I just don't like when you see the rat droppings because that, to me, kind of says vermin and hentavirus and yes. plague. Right. Exactly. Yeah. See, you believe in plague but not scurvy. And then for... The silverfish, which you cannot get rid of silverfish. And they are harmless. They don't want anything to do with you. They're not bad. They don't bite. But when you squish them, they're gross. They are, you know, they're not like a moth that gets dusty when you squish them. <laughs> they're jelly inside, which right, I don't so would like. Would you rather, if I gave you a test, would you rather eat a silverfish or the equal sized volume of a booger out of my nose? No, a silverfish. Okay. Just yeah. checking. Like I might even eat it with a little French fry too. Yes, so okay. fish and Just chips, checking. silver fish and chips. Mmm, yum! <laughs> <laughs> All right, can we go now? Yes, I, yes, I'm out. <laughs>
I wonder what that was all about. Nothing. Brain, my huh? brain is You're not getting some weird sexual pleasure from this conversation, are you? Do I look like I am? <laughs> That's it, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio, brought to you by Hangar 56. Listen to new episodes every Wednesday, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.